You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, have you ever wondered how I generate thousands of inbound leads per year using LinkedIn? Well, this episode is sponsored by my guide, The Ultimate Guide to Generating Inbound Leads with LinkedIn. This is the definitive guide on how to consistently generate inbound leads using LinkedIn and social selling. So if you want a copy of that guide, just send a text to 44222 with the word L-I guide, all one word, L-I guide to 44222, or you can go to my website at askdennisbrown.com forward slash guide. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Jeremy Gillespie. He's a direct response marketing expert and the CEO of Built to Scale, which is a San Francisco-based paid performance company that helps e-commerce businesses scale their Google, YouTube, and Facebook ads. He's an entrepreneur with over 10 years of experience, spending over $100 million running profitable campaigns for businesses of all shapes and sizes. Welcome to the show, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, thank you. We tried to get together one other time, but for whatever reason, schedules just didn't make it work. So I'm happy that you're here. And just to tease everybody, you know, before we spill the popcorn in the lobby, I'm going to give you a little bit of a teaser here. We're going to talk today about how to use Jeremy's triple threat YouTube method to scale your e-com brand. Now, I don't know about you as you are listening here, but I don't hear a lot about physical e-com products being sold on YouTube. You hear about it all the time on Facebook. You hear about it all the time on Google and shop and those sorts of things, but I don't hear a lot on YouTube. So this is one of the reasons why I'm excited to have this interview. So before we dive into that, Jeremy, just give us a, give us a one or two minute backstory. Tell us how and why you landed in this crazy business that's changes so rapidly, and then we'll dive in. Yeah, cool. Yeah, one to two minutes. We'll, we'll condense it to that. So long story short, years and years ago, I started working for startups in where I was at at the time, which was Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and just kind of fell into this, this world of, of marketing and growth marketing. Um, and, and I was assigned paid media at the time. And so um, as an as a early, uh, early learner and um, using Google Ads to, to help scale this company, um, I really started to, to figure some things out. So flash forward a few years later, um, I ended up at, at LinkedIn, where I helped them build out their paid ad strategy for one of their products. At the time, they're currently only advertising on LinkedIn, one of their flagship products. And so I came in and kind of helped them build out their, their Google ad strategy to, to move outside of LinkedIn and, and really just kind of pierce into Google and, and start to compete against some of the bigger players in the space. So yeah, and then four years ago or so, I've come out on my own here. I've, I have built a scale. We help uh, e-commerce brands scale with some of the same things that I've been doing for years, uh, mainly using Google ads. Uh, now really focusing on YouTube ads to help them scale their business. Love it. So when you say e-com brands, what, maybe you can mention some, or if you can't mention some, can you talk about some of the variety of different types of products that you've been able to help or wherever you can take us on that? Yeah. Draw a picture. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we've, we've helped brands of all shapes and sizes. Where we've kind of found uh, definitely a, a niche that we do really well in is I would, I would call it the, the health space. Uh, supplements, proteins, uh, 
And we have blue light blocking glasses. Things that really focus on benefiting the end consumer is something that we've we've really hit it hit a niche and, and done well here the past three three years in YouTube specifically. Uh, baby monitors, you name it. We've we've done a bunch of different things with YouTube ads. But you know, I think the the common thread that I find is something that really benefits the end consumer does fairly well on on YouTube and Google. Okay, so not I'm sure I'm confident that not every e-commerce product is a good fit for YouTube, right? I mean, you know, I know that Facebook, you know, you have people selling everything and anything under the sun and Google's the same way, but but with YouTube it's just, I think the platform's just a little bit different. What yeah. describe besides the niche, I mean just some just, Besides the health niche that you talked about, what are some other things that you look for before you actually even really consider or vetting out whether a product could be successful? Give us a couple of couple of parameters there. Draw us a little bit of a picture on that, if you would. Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing that I want to understand is the the average order value. YouTube is not the cheapest platform in the world. So when you talk about the platform itself from an economic standpoint, I just want to make sure it's going to be able to pen out. So we like $75 or higher from an from an average order value on the initial order. You know, have certainly made lower AOV products work, but in general, that's kind of the the starting place that um, that we like to be. The second piece here, and I and I talked about it a little bit, but I like there to be a a pain or problem that we can really speak to since it's a it's a video, it's a sound first platform, we want to be able to tell a story. We, we, we want to be able to really tap into the current pains and problems that the consumer's uh, feeling. And you know, for us, uh, we've, we've tried a bunch of different things. And if we can't clearly speak to those things, it becomes very, very difficult to convince them to get away from YouTube and, and come purchase the product. So those are kind of the first two things we look at. Okay. So from an offering perspective, what your company does, do you focus more on the ad management or is it more on the creative or is it kind of a combination of the both? I mean, I'm trying yeah. to understand because a lot of agencies will focus on one or the other, but not a lot of them do all. For sure. For so sure. Talk to us a little bit about that if you don't mind. Yeah, definitely your core competency is in like the media buying and media management. But with that said, you know, we've we've definitely been pushed to strengthen that creative muscle over the past few years and really focus on building that that side of the business out from scripting the ads to to you know cutting them and, and really just getting them in a, a good situation where we feel like we have an ample amount of of creative to test with has been something that we've been working on super, super hard. And I think the the piece that's important here that I just want to talk about is the the testing. And that's something we'll talk about in, in greater length. But if we didn't have the ability to cut, edit, and uh, take these these videos and chop them up quickly, then you know we're we're at a loss and we're at uh, the mercy of of the the client that we're working with. And so we definitely bring that in house to move a little bit faster. Okay, great. So I think that's a perfect segue. So today, Jeremy, you're here to help us understand how to use your triple threat YouTube method to scale your e-com brand. So if you could break that apart for us, break that down into some different buckets or a framework that everybody can follow, that would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So there's there's three pieces here, obviously, as you can tell by the name. The first one is the creative. We're going to talk about the creative a fair amount, but this is something that is is critical. And I think where a lot of brands, specifically e-com brands, 
um, coming to YouTube fail. The second piece is the account structure. The account structure is extremely important because of the way YouTube acts. If you don't have the proper structure in place, it is very, very hard to scale. And so this is something that throughout all of our different testing, as well as just having our visibility into all these different accounts, that I think 75% of the time, brands get wrong. And then the last piece, and I think this is often you know, the most important piece, but where some people do not spend enough time is what is that landing page or landing experience that they're sending people to? These sound like very kind of basic things that are going to work on any platform. But when it comes to YouTube, these core components are going to be the the make it or break it for, for your advertising. Okay. So those are the three basic buckets, right? We got the creative, the account structure, which is very specific to YouTube, and yep. then the landing page itself. Right? Exactly. Okay. So break that down for us a little bit from a creative perspective, because I'm sure that the creative that works on Facebook or on Pinterest or on these other ad platforms is probably going to be different and significantly, or at least somewhat from the YouTube platform. So talk to us, what makes YouTube's platform creative different? And what are some ideas and how, what we could use to structure our creative? Yeah, bingo. And I, I think that's, that's where a lot of people, uh, they try to take a shortcut and they say, hey, this, this video is working great on Facebook. Let's just take it over. Let's put it on YouTube. You know, YouTube is a, a visual and audio first platform. So people are coming there to, to see, to hear. And oftentimes on video, people are using text overlays and, and things like that to, to capture people's attention, but they're not really telling a, a, a story or, or not being educational. And so that's kind of just step number one is understanding the platform and the medium that they're on. The second piece, and I think this is what you hear most about is that first three to five seconds in the hook. I think anybody who's going to go to YouTube needs to develop, I would say three to five, if not five to 10, first three to three to five second hooks that they're willing to test. Because that is such an important part of the platform. This is something that you want to get from the very beginning so that you can create essentially, I don't want to say infinite number of, of creatives, but you want to have at least five unique intros that you can start testing right away. So when you're talking about the intros, the hook, I'm assuming that this, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm assuming that this is maybe more geared towards the pre-roll ads, like the pre-roll yep. ads that everybody sees and either can watch or engage with or skip before a video that they tried to watch, correct? Exactly. Yeah. And I, I prefer that everybody starts there. That's kind of where I think you want to build the baseline. There's a, a number of other different placements that I think have their, their time in place, but definitely those in-stream pre-rolls is where to start. Okay. So the creative, we talked about that. Not all creative from other platforms is going to convert, understand what's unique about the YouTube, YouTube platform. And then what I love about what you just said was create five or more of these intros, these hooks that you're willing to test. And, and then from there, obviously, you know, you're, you're, you, you're going to pick the one. I mean, there's going to be some metrics, the most engagement, the best cost per click, the, whatever the case, whatever the metrics you're measuring. And then at that point, you know, we're going to continue through the funnel itself, right? There's got to be a conversion mechanism, take that, causing them to take action and whatnot. All right. So where do we go from there on the creative? Is there anything else specific to the creative that you want to talk about Yeah. before we move on to account structure? Yeah. And from a high level, you have your hook below that you have your pains and problems. Again, you're going to want two to three different pains and problems. And typically these are going to last anywhere from 
that five to, to 30 second mark, but that's where you're really focusing on the current pains and problems that these people are in. From there, you head into the solutions phase. Why is your product better? What is the unique mechanism that it provides? Providing social proof is, is very, very big in this piece. And then typically you have your, your ending uh, kind of call to action. I do want to make sure to point out in that solution phase, though, you want to focus on some educational pieces. Why is, why, is this, why is this better than all of the other things that they've tried? And you really want to, to educate the consumer. But when I talk about each one of those sections, you're going to want to create typically two to three of each because now you have the building blocks to slide in and out and create that kind of package that you can create all of these different variations from because that's something that's going to be really important when we get into the testing phase in, in account structure. So what you're saying is you're in addition to creating these five plus hooks on the front end, you also want to create multiple solution components because then you what you do is when you do when you want to create different variations and test them, you're going to edit those videos into different slots. Exactly. So hook number one might have solution number two, and hook number two might have solution number five. And those would be the best performing combinations. And then from there, you're going to scale based on the one that performs the absolute best. Am I correct? A thousand percent. And that's basically how we name them too. So we 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 package them all up. We say hook one, you know, pain problem one, solution one through three, what have you. And then that becomes your, your naming convention. And so it's really easy when it comes to collecting all this data. You have in every video, you know exactly what you're using and you have that all categorized. And so then you can start to see patterns. Awesome. Okay. So we talked about how to structure, kind of give a structure of your creative and how to test that. So I think that's valuable. Anything else you want to add on creative before we jump into the account structure? Uh, I would not. I always err on the side of longer than shorter. A lot of times people try to condense this down to you know, a 30 second, 60 second. Uh, some of the best videos that we have are, are much, much longer than that, five, 10, even 20 minute long videos. And so I think it's important to understand that length and in each of those sections, you can extend those solution and benefits into much longer pieces. You will pay for that in the platform. So your CPM, CPVs will be higher on longer videos. But if it's going to do the upfront work for you and improve your conversion rate, then it's 100% worth it. Got it. Perfect. Okay, great. So let's talk about uh, the next component, account structure. Yeah, absolutely. And so account structure is crucial. It's like when you come to Facebook as a platform, you're never going to build out a Facebook account with top of funnel and that's it. No, No middle of funnel, no bottom of funnel. And oftentimes when people come to YouTube is they build out their their top of funnel cold traffic. And maybe sometimes they'll try some retargeting and stuff like that, but they don't build out the full account with the consumer in mind. And so I think the stat is something like, if somebody sees your ad, but does not click, they're 6x more likely to go search for your brand at a later point. So maybe they're getting onto their cat video or whatever it is, and they like the video, but you know whatever's on the other side they want to get to. And this is just a quick context for setting the stage for the account structure, because what we find is that when we look at our search in shopping campaigns, upward from 15 to even 30% of conversions in those campaigns are previous video viewers. So they've viewed a YouTube ad. And so if we think about the account structure, I like to think of it as like 
a pyramid or a champagne tower where you pour champagne on top and it trickles down across the, the campaigns. And so a lot of people don't set up those foundational campaigns and they just start pouring into the top with YouTube and they don't have the structure to, to capture that. And so the important pieces here that I think all e-commerce brands need to build out even before they get into YouTube, you must have your core brand search campaigns in place because they're going to go and search for your for your core brand. You need to have your shopping campaigns set up. I prefer standard shopping campaigns instead of smart shopping campaigns specifically because we're going to layer these YouTube video view audiences in there and I want to see how they perform. And then you're going to want to have your, your display and remarketing campaigns. Again, these are core campaigns that if they're not set up in the proper manner to catch all this overflow traffic, you end up with a situation where you think YouTube's not working, but it's actually just being, it's actually going into other channels or other campaigns that you're not measuring or capturing properly. Gotcha. It's playing a role in the conversion, but it's not the final conversion mechanism. Your remarketing or other channels is where you'll actually capture the lead or the sale. Exactly. So yeah, so we'll use a portfolio return on ad spend. So we're if we want 3x across the account, there might be times where we're at a 1.25 or 1.5 in YouTube, but we have our, our search and shopping campaigns that are at you know a 5x or, or more. And the important piece here is layering in those audiences so you can see the impact, you can bid on them differently, and you can treat them as they are. This is a cold video viewer that you're now putting into to a search or shopping campaign. And so you're going to want to manipulate your bids based on that. So yeah, I think, you know, this is, it sounds uh, very basic, but it's something that nobody sets up properly. No. And I think it sets the right expectation for people listening right now that maybe are first time advertisers or early in their advertising, you know, uh, experience or spend. And that is that, you know, don't expect to get the best return on your dollars unless you have some of these other foundational elements in place. Don't just go to YouTube and expect. And I think the same goes for Google and Facebook, right? I mean, if you have these other mechanisms in place where you can retarget them across different channels, I mean, it just, it it speaks to basic logic that if you are able to do that, you're going to get a better return on investment than just expecting one channel and one ad and one campaign to give you everything you need in order to get the the return on investment that's going to allow you to scale. Because again, if you can because again, this is a lot of this is about scale. It's not just about converting your first offer or converting your first product or testing or product market fit. This is really more about the scale methodology, right? So, exactly. so yeah, great. Okay, awesome. I like that. Anything else about account structure that you think is important to know? I think the one piece that we're not going to go into is just when you talk about attribution, that's another key component. And Google is working on this, but given the attribution model is that if somebody sees your video and then goes and clicks on a search or shopping campaign, that attribution is going to your search and shopping campaign. And so that's something that you're going to miss again, if you don't have those audiences layered in. So I just want to add that caveat that the attribution oftentimes defaults to those lower funnel campaigns, but it's not because they've done all the work. The work has happened in the YouTube campaign. Got it. That makes total sense. Attribution is an absolute nightmare these days. So (laughs) hopefully Google, I mean, uh, in some of these other platforms can actually figure out, get accurate tracking and attribution on that level. So, all right, great. So the next component you said was landing pages. Now, 
I think landing pages means something a little different to each marketer. I mean, when I think about from a B2B perspective, which is kind of my background, I think in terms of more of a lead capture, right? I think of like capturing an email or capturing getting an appointment or maybe even a webinar registration. But in an e-com perspective, yep. I think it's a little bit different, Absolutely. right? So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. So there's three basic pages that we test in almost all accounts. The first one would be a, an advertorial or a VSL. So they're coming from a video and you're going to send them to a, a long form VSL or advertorial. You know, very, very standard. Most marketers know what that is. But when, it, when you come from a platform like Facebook, you're typically going to like the product display page on a Shopify site. There's not much in between. It's like, great, here's your, you're right on the product and do you want to buy or not? When it comes to, to YouTube, there's often this educational piece that you need to implement. And it's going to come through the ad. It's also going to come through the landing page. And so definitely you want to test an advertorial or longer form VSL. I like the longer form VSL to kind of pick up where, where the ad left off and just go deeper, mainly on the, the benefit and solution. You've already talked about the pains and problems. Let's just show them why the product is better. Maybe we hit them with uh, some more testimonials and things like that. The second thing that has been working really well lately is a simple assessment or quiz. So basically in the quiz, you're building in their pains and problems. Do you have these issues? So, you know, are you trying to lose weight? Are you a male or female? Are you between these ages? And there are small micro commitments that get them to raise their hand and say, yes, you know, this is the reason that I'm looking for this product. And just that assessment alone, we've seen massive, massive increases in performance. And so I'm going to test these each on their own. And then the last one is going to be a long form e-com page or, or product display page, PDP. And it's very similar to kind of your standard Shopify page, but I like to, to add more, more information to that. Can we really capture people with a headline? Can we give them a video demo of the product? Can we provide testimonials, more benefits, and really blow that page out? Because again, there's an educational piece that I think a lot of people miss during this. And these three pages are ways for you to bridge that gap between the unaware cold prospect to eventually uh, purchasing your product. And so I test each three of those. Okay. So you test those as the landing page for the different versions of the app, the top performing creative going to the top performing landing page, right? So that's a whole testing process. How long does that process typically take you when you're working with a client? Yeah. And I think an interesting piece here is that oftentimes I'll find out the landing page first because I think another thing that people don't think about enough is your ability to scale and or just create profitable campaigns is often determined by the feedback loop in which you can give the ad platform data. And so if you're running to a, you know, a, a poor landing page, you might be extending or doubling your feedback loop because it's, you're not getting conversions quick enough. And so I might say, hey, this is the best performing ad incorrectly because I'm, I'm sending them to a watered down landing page and it doesn't give me the full context. So I like to test the landing page first, figure out which one has the best conversion rate and AOV, um, and then go up to the ad. So typically we'll work in kind of seven day sprints. So week one will be a variation, maybe A and B of the videos. And we'll, we'll really focus on the landing page. Week two, we're focused on dialing in the creative. And if at the end of week one, we're, we're seeing poor performance, we'll make iterations to the page. 
as we move on to test those creatives. So typically the that initial phase takes anywhere from you know 14 to, to 30 days. It depends on how good the creative and landing pages are. Okay, great. I love that. I love the quiz concept. I've used quizzes in organic and paid ad models, whether that be on Facebook, even Google. And I've used them with organic on YouTube, but not with paid ads. And what I found is the quizzes convert really, really well. And the other thing that I love about that that you mentioned is it really allows you to segment your audience, right? Because if they answer five or six or seven or eight questions, and those questions are very specifically designed to kind of either qualify and or engage that audience, I really, really, really like using that type of quiz as a way to just kind of stand out a little bit as opposed to a typical, what they're going to experience with even the VSL landing page or, you know, like you said, a product placement type thing. Yep. You know, so I, I really like that idea. I, I've had a lot of success with generating leads and sales through quizzes, not necessarily through YouTube, but so it's got me curious of how I might be able to integrate that in the future. So thank you for that. For sure. All right. Anything else you want to add about landing pages? We got a couple more questions we're going to, we're going to talk about, and then we're going to wrap it up for today. I know you're a busy guy and uh, I just want to make sure that the audience gets everything they need. I would just say from a benchmark standpoint, I like the conversion rate on a landing page to be 3% or above from click to, to conversion. That's kind of where I, I like that to sit. I want my click through rate on my ad to be 1.25 or ideally uh, 1.5 or above, but just to give the audience a benchmark those are two things I think they should they can use right off the bat. Love it. I love those metrics and benchmarks. Awesome. All right. Well, listen, a couple rapid fire questions and then we'll wrap it up for today. Number one, what's your favorite growth app, SaaS product, tool, something that you use on a day-to-day basis to help you grow your business? And again, I want to lead you to limit it to one. I'm sure you got tons as an ad agency, you know, guy, but yeah. especially dealing in YouTube and Facebook and all these different platforms. But what would be your favorite tool you use to grow your business? I'm a big Supermetrics fan. So I, yeah, Supermetrics would be the one that I use to pull data and stuff. Uh, certainly, there's some attribution tools and things like that out there. But if I had just to pick one, it'd be that. Awesome. And what would be one book that you would recommend to the audience? Maybe something to help you on your journey or you think might help the audience on theirs? Man, I don't know. I feel like it, it's so cliche. But like the Lean Startup is something that I have always gone back to. Time and time again, it's just it's a nice framework that I like to to think through. Even because it you know it's not not directly to my business, but as I apply it to other people's businesses, yeah, that's one I just I continually get back to. Love it. Well, listen, Jeremy, let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn more about what you got going on over there, and um, we'll wrap it up for today. Yeah, nothing fancy. Builtscale.co. If you want to check out kind of what we do, and if you have any questions, I'm happy just to to provide insights, and I think. You know, in the current environment, additional channels is something that everyone needs. So if you're interested in YouTube and you have questions, just reach out to me, Jeremy at builtascale.co. Again, just want to help and, and support and answer any questions that some of your audience might have. Love it. Listen, I'll make sure I put those links in the show notes. Really appreciate you being here. Congrats on all your success. And I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.